Welcome to Maine's Oyster Aquaculture Podcast. My name is Bill Pernum. Here we have weekly conversations with oyster farmers, many who are marine biologists, ninth-generation fishermen, or former hedge fund guys, but all are driven by the desire to work on the water and to fight the impact of climate change. These are global stories just told locally. Maine faces some big challenges. The Gulf of Maine is the second fastest warming body of water on the planet. But these folks have ideas and solutions driven by science and innovation. These entrepreneurs are a resilient, gritty group. Oyster Aquaculture cleans water, helps coastal communities, preserves Maine's working waterfront, just as it contributes to Maine's economy, the food scene, and tourism. These are stories told with humor and optimism about the best oysters in the world. So uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, we're going to talk about struggling fishermen and hungry Mainers and how they have found a way to help each other through this pandemic. We have Ben Martens, the executive director of Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, to tell us a little about this very innovative plan that they have put together called Fishermen Feeding Mainers. It's a wonderful program, and uh, I'd like to turn it over to Ben to take us through uh, what the program, how it got started, how it works, the success of the program. But, but Ben, if you wouldn't mind, if you, if you would just first explain to us a little bit about Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks so much for inviting us to chat. And uh, I, always, I always enjoy chatting with you. So uh, Maine Coast Fishermen's Association is, we're an industry-based nonprofit. We work with commercial fishermen to help build sustainable solutions to really complex problems. And for the most part, we were built to be a policy and advocacy group to kind of fight for sustainable regulations and, and good practices and help rebuild fish, in, fish stocks in the Gulf of Maine and then build vibrant fishing communities that are attached to those, those fisheries. But with the pandemic pretty clearly became um, a problem that fishermen who were out there catching fish couldn't get paid for them when they were bringing them to shore. And so we had to do some pretty major pivots as an organization to try and figure out how we could support our fishermen and the fishing communities through some really weird and difficult times when everything was changing really, really quickly. And so um, our organization works primarily with um, fishermen that have pretty diverse fishing businesses. So they'll fish for ground fish, which are cod and haddock and flounder part of the year. They'll fish for scallops, they'll fish for lobster. And we kind of try and help support their businesses um, and support a better future for, for the next generation of fishermen. Ben, if you wouldn't mind, uh, when, I, when I have to say, when I heard about the program that you guys have put together, uh, I thought it was a, an amazing idea. And one that after I did a little research, I was astounded by the fact that we here in Maine have 70,000 children who are living in food insecurity. And that means one out of five kids struggle with hunger. And this is where I thought your program really hit the nail on the head. If you could just tell us a little bit about the origination and how you guys came to putting this program together. I'd love to say that the idea started with hungry people, but it, it didn't. It, it started with fishermen who were going out of business, right? Like they, they could not get paid for the product they were catching out in the ocean. And so we had fishing businesses that were being forced to tie up. They'd take, they'd take a trip and they'd actually lose money on the trip because they'd come to shore and they couldn't get paid. 
Um, we saw value of, of fish being landed in the Portland Fish Exchange down by 70% um, compared to the previous five years. And so, you know, when we started to see that this was a real problem, that fishermen couldn't go out and catch fish and make a living. And then we started reading all these horror stories in the news about people going hungry. It made me a little sick to my stomach, honestly, to be like, okay, so I've got fishermen that can't go fishing because they don't have a place to sell their fish into. And then we've got unprecedented food insecurity taking place. Maine was already the, the worst state in New England when it came to food insecurity. And then with COVID, it's just all the stories that you heard from you know, food, bank, bank, uh, food banks and food pantries and the nonprofits and other community groups that were trying to help support those in need was like they couldn't keep up with demand. And when I started doing some outreach to those groups about like, you know, is fish something that they could use? You know, they all responded back like high quality protein is the hardest thing for us to secure. If you guys can help figure out a way for us to get it, like we will figure out a way to get it to the people. Um, and so that was really our marching orders is you know, we started talking to the fishermen. We started talking to those um, community groups that had been working to help feed people. And uh, we were incredibly fortunate that we were able to go out and, and work with an anonymous foundation to bring in some seed money to kind of kickstart this concept that um, while now that it's running and working, it it's, sounds pretty simple. But when you're trying to build the scaffolding that will hold it together, um, it was fairly complex because of the rules and regulations around how you catch seafood, how you sell seafood, how you process seafood and everything in between. Yeah, that's that's kind of the origin story of, of where we came from. And then once we kind of had the concept and a little bit of money to get it started, um, then we went out to the community um, to do some more fundraising. We went to local foundations and partners. And so we've, we've really been, been amazed at the response that we've been able to see from the community coming together to support both the working waterfront and and those in need. So Ben, uh, if you could tell 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 a little bit about how people who are learning about this program and and, and finding it uh, an effective program, how can they help? What can people be doing to say, hey, this is a great program. We want to support it. We want to see our fishermen being able to continue doing what they do. And we want our children to be able to continue having healthy protein. The simplest thing to do is uh, we on our website, you can go to our website and um, you can make a donation directly to this program. And it all goes into um, our work to, to move, move fish from the fishermen to those in need. And um, just to put a little bit more of like meat on the bones for you, like right now um, we've been able to take the money that we've raised and, a lot of the food goes to the, the Good Shepherd Food Bank. A lot of the, the fish right. process goes there and they move it throughout the state. The really amazing thing is that as we've started to publicize this program, a lot of smaller community groups have been coming out of the woodwork to ask for help and support. And um, it's a lot of first generation Mainers, a lot of uh, immigrant communities, uh, a lot of those that kind of have been lost in the equation of COVID um, to be really blunt. And so We've been really thrilled that we've been able to help um, a lot of different diverse communities with this project while also supporting Good Shepherd and, and the great work that they and other food banks do. And then on top of that, we've been making our fish available to, to the local school systems um, because even though a lot of the schools are you know, having limited participation or at home, a lot of students, they, they get their food from school. And so um, we've been uh, really fortunate that we've been able to move uh, you know, lots and lots of seafood into our local food systems. 
And just, uh, I think last week we started, uh, there's a bunch of after school programs that we are now donating fish into as well. And uh, it's been really great to see a lot of the pictures that come back to us of how um, these different programs are playing with the fish and dealing with the fish and um, getting it into children. And you know, I think that at the end of the day, one of the things I always try and share is like, this project isn't just about feeding people, it's also about educating people and introducing people to great local seafood. And uh, there's some new USDA regulations that have come out that make it pretty clear that we need more, like we need our children eating more seafood because it's really, really good for their brains. It's really good for their development. Right. And, um, and so we, we're incredibly proud of that. And so for, for folks that want to uh, donate to keep this project going, support the commercial fishermen on the water, the working waterfront, uh, and then those in need, they can, they can make a donation through our website. And all the money that's being donated goes directly into this program. And, and what's the website? The website's maincoastfisherman.org. You know, we we're incredibly lucky that we are able to fundraise to keep this going. But one of our goals is we are we're paying the fishermen a livable wage. We are paying local businesses to cut and process and package and freeze the fish. And then we are donating it into these different places. And so by the end of the day, you know, per pound of fish, we'll have five fifty to six dollars into a per pound. And then you break that up into portions. And so, you know, it's it still isn't overly expensive. Um, when you think about it, but it, it's still, um, for a school lunch, I think the price point that they have per meal for a school lunch is like a dollar fifty. They would never, ever be able to use seafood in a school lunch unless we were able to donate it into them. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. that's, that's where we have been very fortunate that, um, our community has really identified that this is a win-win for both the working waterfront and those in need. Um, especially, you know, through COVID when, when things are, making it really difficult on both sides of that equation. What is the question I need to be asking that I am not asking? I think the question that you need to be asking, that what do the fishermen think about this? One of the things that's been really exciting and interesting about this is fishermen are often removed from the food system uh, in the United States. Uh, there's this great, great author and chef, uh, Bart Seaver. And Barton is this beautiful, beautiful writer. And he has this phrase, Food comes from farmers and seafood comes from the ocean. And he said that because when people think about where their fish come from, it comes from the Gulf of Maine. It comes from the Atlantic. It doesn't come from the people that are actually catching it. And so with this project, we've kind of been able to break down those barriers. And so when we are making these donations into um, local you know, communities and, and at need, we share with them information about the people that caught them. And the fishermen themselves, like they don't often know where their fish is going. They bring their fish in from the ocean and they bring it to market and it goes into an auction and then it gets shipped out of state and then processed and sold and who knows. And so this has connected them to a lot of their community. And, and these guys care deeply about the community around them. And, you know, it's, it's just been a really rewarding project for the fishermen, you know, not only because they're being able to be, get their, you know, stay working and keep their businesses afloat, um, no pun intended, but also that like they know where their fish is going and they know that it's having an impact and they know that it's meaningful. And for a lot of fishermen, like they really get removed from that feeding America, feeding their friends, feeding their neighbors side of the, the equation of their work, which is really at the heart and soul of what fishermen do is they, they feed people. And so, um, you know, that, that's been a really amazing thing to see. Yeah. Um, and the other piece of the equation that's 
I'll, I'll say it's like, it's a little nuanced and weird, but this program has taken a lot of the stress away from the fishermen participating in it because right now, most fish, when it's, when it's sold, it goes through an auction. And so you don't know what you're going to get paid when you land your fish. And so you'll leave the dock thinking that you're going to make a certain amount of money and you'll come in and the market has crashed and you'll go backwards and you won't make any money or you'll, you know, so us being able to say, we are going to be able to buy X number of pounds from you this trip at this price gives them the stability to make really good decisions about when they want to fish and how they want to fish. A lot of times the best price you can get for seafood is when the weather is really bad and nobody else is fishing. And so it forces small boat fishermen in Maine to sometimes make dangerous decisions about when they go out fishing. And so Mm. us being able to come in and say like, we've got a stable price. I just know that especially with all the other stress that's been going on through COVID and everything else, we've been able to like, give some stability to the fishermen's lives. And then on the other side, we've been able to really help a lot of great community groups as well, um, have some stability in terms of sourcing of seafood. It really has been pretty inspiring to see how the fishermen have been responding to this as well. Well, Ben, thank you. Sorry here to leave this on, on a bit of a sad note, but I can't help but I'd feel remiss if I didn't bring this up as I, I know this week marks the one-year anniversary of the death of, <clears throat> of Joe Nickerson and, and Chris Pinkham. When they when when their boat the Haley Ann sank off the coast, and I, I believe Joe was a board member, wasn't he? Of yeah, Joe you know, Joe was the the chairman of our board of directors. Actually, it's hard to believe it's been a year. Yeah, know? I mean it was uh it was a very long year, and you know I I think that you know Joe was an incredibly impactful member of our board, and he was a very close friend of mine. He's one of those guys that like you know he fought for the industry you know throughout his life, and so. I'm the one the one bit of solace over over the past year has been that um, we've been able to become very close with Joe's daughter, who has really embraced um, working with us and getting to know the other side of her dad's life a little bit more. And um, and just recognize that a lot of the programs that Joe cared really deeply about with our organization, they, they kind of come out of like they, we've been putting a lot of energy into that because of COVID. And so at a, at a time when we've lost Joe, um, we've really been able to honor a lot of the things that he cared most deeply about in our work and to have some really profound successes through some of the most difficult times in, in the existence of our organization. So I, I really like to think that Joe would be incredibly proud of the work that we've done um, over the past year. And, you know, I just, it's always hard and that risk uh, is inherent in this. Um, and it's a reminder of like the price you pay for your seafood isn't just what's at the counter. You know, fishing is the most dangerous one of the, uh, annually it's always one of the most dangerous industries in the United States. And so um, there's a lot of risk involved. And so some of our goals have been to try and, you know, minimize that risk. It's brought us closer together. And, and the hope is that we can learn from it and we can grow and do good in, in his name and in his memory and, and build off of his legacy. Thank you, Ben. This has been really terrific. And you guys are just doing some awesome work and want to wish you the utmost success in in continuing. Thanks. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time and uh, it's been fantastic to chat. All right. Thanks, Ben. Talk soon. If you like stories like this, visit MainOysterBook.com for more conversations with the people who have and are creating the story of Maine oyster aquaculture. And you can pre-order the new book from Perna Content, Maine Oysters, Stories of Resilience and Innovation. This book is filled with wonderful insights from very interesting people, and it's filled with stunning photography from some of Maine's best photographers. 
See you next week. And thanks for listening.